Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you've had a good week. I am excited that today is Palm Sunday. Amen. And Easter's only one week away. I want to encourage you to invite your friends, your family to come out and join us. We're going to have a great, great time uh, next Sunday as well on Easter Sunday. Also, Saturday from 11 to 1 is our Egg Fest. It's a community Easter festival. We're going to have a great time. We've got inflatables, bounce houses. We have a petting zoo, thousands of Easter eggs with candy in them. Amen. So bring your kids, bring your uh, your grandkids, your cousins, your nieces, nephews. Borrow your neighbor's kids if you want some uh, candy. Amen. <laughs> Come on out and have a good time with us this coming Saturday. It's going to be great. Man, what a great Sunday we had last weekend. Amen. We had another amazing day, great attendance. God is just breaking records and doing great things in the church. And I'm so thankful because it seems like every weekend, the Lord is just building a wave. Amen? A wave of His power. And He's just releasing it on us. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be in a church where I can feel the presence of God. Oh, let me get a little help in this house today. Amen? He's here. Amen? Well, let's get ready. I want to bring your attention this morning to John chapter 12. And uh, let me set up the text today with a little backstory. It's always good, uh, by the way, just let me say, it's always good whenever you read the scripture, make sure you find out what's going on in the passage that you're reading. Because sometimes we, uh, you know, we might misread things that we don't really understand, the culture or the context or the group that's being addressed. So it's always good to kind of know the backstory. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going on here in John chapter 12. It's six days before Passover begins. Jesus has arrived in Bethany. He's at the home of Lazarus, who he was there to visit with the man that he had just raised from the dead. I bet that was quite a meeting, right? Hey, Lazarus, remember me? <laughs> you know, Yeah, I'm the last guy you saw and the first guy you saw when you came out of the grave. And, uh, and so they had prepared a dinner for Jesus in his honor, and while he was there, Mary, who was one of uh, the sisters of Lazarus, the Bible says she anointed the feet of Jesus with 12 ounces of very expensive perfume. Now Judas, who was the disciple that eventually betrayed Jesus, the Bible says he got angry and he complained that the perfume should have been sold and the money given to the poor, and I love the fact that the Bible calls him out on it, right? The Bible even says, it says, Judas didn't care about the poor. He just wanted the money because he was a thief. I love that the Bible just called him right out, right? You know, told us exactly. And the scripture goes on to tell us people started flocking to the house because they had heard, you know, Jesus is in town, same one who had raised Lazarus from the dead. So people are beginning to flock to the houses. And sure enough, anytime something good is going on, there's always a few negative Nellies that show up. And sure enough, here come the Pharisees, and they're so mad. And the Bible actually said, read it. It says that they were actually plotting to have Lazarus killed because 
uh, you know, Lazarus was the reason there was so much excitement about Jesus. You know what? Wouldn't that have been something if they had Lazarus killed and Jesus raised him from the dead twice? <laughs> well, that would have fixed that, right? But that's where we pick up the story. I want us to go to John chapter 12 and verse 12. And it says, the next day, the great crowd had, that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And today I want to preach on this subject, the power of the palm. The power of the palm. Amen? Now, today is commonly recognized in Christianity as Palm Sunday. Now, Palm Sunday is the Sunday before Easter. It's the first day of the Passion Week, which is the week that leads up to Easter. And this day recognizes the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem on the days before his crucifixion. Now, in the passage that we just read, as Jesus was coming into the city, the Bible says that the people cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Now, it was a common custom in the ancient Middle East for people to cover the path of someone that they thought was worthy of honor with branches or leaves. Uh, and in this particular case, palm branches. It was the modern-day equivalent of rolling out the red carpet for someone. And all four of the Gospels record that people gave Jesus this honor by laying branches in the path that he took into Jerusalem. In Mark, Matthew, and Luke, it also says that they not only laid branches down, but they also laid garments in the streets that they, uh, that they anticipated Jesus to come in on. It was quite an honor. Now, the book of John, the text that we just read, it's the only gospel to specifically mention palm branches. Now, if you look in your row, there should be some of you, there's some palm branches laying in your chairs. If you see one, go ahead and grab one and hold on to it. You're going to need it here in a minute. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But the book of John tells us that they put palm branches down. Now, palm branches were significant because the palm branch was a symbol of triumph and a symbol of victory. Amen. Now, this is where the name Palm Sunday comes from. Now, a lot of folks, when they, they think about Easter, you know, they think about the march to the cross. They think about when Jesus was beat with the cat of nine tails. They think about the crown of thorns. They think about all of the pain that he endured. They think about his death. And some people think that Easter and the crucifixion was the low moment of Jesus' life on earth. But I want to tell you the opposite is true. The palms remind us that Jesus' march to the cross was what led to triumph and victory. Amen? Come on. Easter was not the low point of Jesus' life. Come on. Easter was the high watermark. Come on. What happened leading up to the death of Christ on the cross is what we are celebrating here today. Amen? The palm reminds us that his march was something to celebrate. It was a victory over sin. It was a victory over death. Thank God for Easter. Amen. Now, three of the Gospels tell this powerful story of Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem with these words. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, it's commonly understood that these words of worship came from or were borrowed from Psalm 118, verse 26. It says this, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. The preceding verse, verse 25, solidifies that assumption because it says this, Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Now, that word, those words, save now, relate to the word that was cried out by the people to Jesus on that day when he was coming into Jerusalem. And that word was, Hosanna. Hallelujah. Save now, I pray, O Lord. It's said to have been repeated once on each of the first six days of the Feast of Tabernacles and seven times on the seventh day of the feast. And that word became, that phrase, that seventh day came to be called the Great Hosanna or Hosanna Day. We see it described in Leviticus chapter 23. It says, on the first day, you are to take branches from the luxuriant trees, from palms, willows, and other leafy trees, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. He said, take those branches and rejoice for seven days. The word Hosanna became an exclamation of joy. It became a shout of welcome. When you said Hosanna to somebody, it wasn't like just going, hey, what's up? You know, it wasn't just, hey, how you doing? Hosanna was a shout of joy. Hosanna was a shout of welcome. He said, take these branches and rejoice before the Lord. Now, during the time of Jesus, the Jews were under Roman power. The Romans, uh, during this area of time, they were the superpower of their day. They had conquered the world around them. And the Jews were subservient to the Romans. They had to pay taxes to Caesar. Their lands had been seized by, by the Romans. They were under lo Roman law. Uh, they had to obey the rule of the Romans. And in this situation, in this context, you need to understand, they were looking for a deliverer. They wanted a Messiah. They weren't so much thinking about their salvation. They wanted somebody that would come on the scene and liberate them as an oppressed people from the rulership of the Romans. Amen. These were an oppressed people that were looking for their deliverer. Their desire of the Jews, they wanted to reclaim their freedom. They wanted to get their land back. They wanted to get their sovereignty back. And they were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a Savior. They were looking forward to the day that their Messiah was going to come, and many of them believed, come in and overthrow the Roman government. They wanted to be free again. They were looking forward to a king coming into Jerusalem and starting a revolution, amen. And for many of them, they were waving those palms because they saw in Jesus the fulfillment of the prophecy. They recognized this is the Messiah and he is going to come. They saw Zechariah 9 and 9 being lived out right in front of their eyes. It said, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble. He is riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. They saw it happening right in front of their eyes. So here comes Jesus, riding into Jerusalem. The king is coming 
to save them. Rodney, I remember us singing that song in Beaver Day. The king is coming. And then somebody shouted, the king is coming. The king is coming. What they were doing, and here comes their king. Amen. And before the week was out, some had rejected him before. Some were going to reject him again. But in that particular moment, they were waving those palms. Hallelujah. They had laid the palm branches out. Some of them had laid their clothes out. They had waved out. They rolled out the red carpet in that particular moment. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In just a few short days, Jesus was going to be hanging on a cross. And three days after that, he would in fact become their king. Amen. The resurrected king. The resurrected Lord of lords. Amen. But on this day, on this Palm Sunday, there were many true believers in that crowd. They knew that Jesus was going to be their Messiah. They were saying things about him like, we know that you are a teacher come from God. No man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. They were saying things like this, what manner of man is this? Even the winds and the seas obey him. They were saying things like this, we never saw it before. On this fashion. They said it one time after a healing. They said it was never so seen in Israel. Never has a man spoken like this man. The Bible said this about the onlookers. It said they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority. And not as the scribes. To them he was the one. He was the one that was going to restore the kingdom of Israel. So with joy... They cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Mark 11 and 9. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes, and blessed is the kingdom of our Father that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And while they praised, there were some onlookers, some of the Pharisees from among them, they didn't like it. You know, they said, Jesus, they said, Master Rebuke your disciples. And by the way, can I just say this? Anytime you're getting your praise on, there's going to be somebody around that don't like your praise. Oh, come on, somebody. There's always some Pharisee in the corner with their arms crossed that they don't like what you're doing. Come on, I'm just going to tell you, praise God anyhow. Come on, wave those palms anyhow. Hallelujah. I love what Jesus said to them. Oh, look at y'all. Go ahead and wave those palms. Amen. I love what Jesus said in Luke 19, 40. He answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Hallelujah. So I just got to say to you right now, folks, on this Palm Sunday, I want to encourage you that we need to bless the Lord every single time we come to church. Oh, I feel it in the house. Come on, every time we come to church ought to be Palm Sunday. Hallelujah. Does anybody have a Hosanna on their lips? Can somebody cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let's give him some praise in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Now, you can grab a palm leaf that's in the chair next to you and give him praise. But I'm going to tell you, there's some days you're not going to have a palm leaf that you can grab 
but there's power in your palms. Oh, hallelujah. I said there's power in your palms. God gave you two palms that you can wave to him on a permanent basis. It don't matter if you're in church. It don't matter if you're at work. Come on, it don't matter if you're at school. It doesn't matter if you're in the car. Come on, you can wave those palms and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Come on, there's power in your palms. Every time you lift your hands, every time you wave your hands, every time you give God praise in the midst of your fear, you're waving a palm to him. There's power in your palm. Every time the devil gets in your face, talk to the hand, devil. Because these palms are reserved to praise the name of the Lord. I want to tell somebody right now, every time negative influences try to pull you down, every time depression jumps on your back, every time the devil whispers in your ear, you need to wave those hands and say, get behind me, Satan. I bless the name of Jesus. There's power in your palms. There's power in your praise. Every time I start to feel a little fear or anxiety. Come on. Every time something is going on around me that kind of kind of gives me a little bit of pause. Every time I get a phone call and somebody's done something stupid. I just got to step back and say, "Lord, I give you praise. You saw this before it happened." You are in the middle of this while it's happening. You already know how this is going to work out. God, I just give you praise. I give you glory. Come on. I trust you, God. I want to talk to you today about the power that's in your palms. See, because I think some of us maybe have gotten just a little too dignified. But every time we come to church, we need to enjoy the opportunity that we have to lift our hands and to lift our voices and to give God praise for all that He has done. Come on, every day that you live ought to have a Hosanna in it. Come on, somebody. Every day that you live, Lord, I thank you. Lord, you saved me. Lord, you've been so good to me. Come on. Every breath that I breathe, come on. Every day that I live, every step that I take, come on, I'm going to wave my palms. And glory to God. Woo! Holy Ghost, have your way. See, I believe the Lord is worthy of our expression, of our energy, of our passion. And as His church, as His people, we ought to love to praise the Lord. And I think we ought to understand why we do what we do. There's method to our madness, amen? Let me just share a couple of verses with you that talk about why we praise and worship, especially if you're new, amen, if you're not used to this. I want to tell you why we act the way we do when we come to church. We lift our hands because Psalm 134 and verse 2 says, Lift your hands toward the sanctuary and praise the Lord. We sing and we make music to the Lord. Because Psalm 98 and 1 says, Sing to the Lord a new song. 
for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord. Hallelujah. All the earth burst. I love that part. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with a harp. With the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of ram's horns. Shout for joy before the Lord your King. Somebody give him a shout of praise right now. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We dance in church sometimes. People say, I don't dance in church. If you can dance in the club on Friday night, you can dance in church on Sunday morning. Uh, 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 uh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 150 and verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise Him, amen, with the strings and the pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. And I love verse 6. Let everything that has... Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, I woke up this morning. He put breath in my lungs. He put a sound mind in my head. Come on, I give God praise. Woo. There's power. There's power. There's power in your palms. There's power in your praise. Hallelujah. We clap our hands. We shout because Psalm 47 and 1, it says, Come, everybody, clap your hands. Shout to God with joyful praise. Why? Because the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great King of all the earth. Hallelujah. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. Praise. Praise by definition is an action. Everybody say action. It's an action that brings or shows honor towards someone. Praise as we think of it comes from the Hebrew word halal, which means this, to shine. It says to make a show. Uh, they just put on a show. Yeah, we're just praising the Lord. It says to boast. The word means to act foolishly. Come on, go ahead and laugh at me. I don't care, amen. Come on. David's wife laughed at him too, amen. And he said, I'm just going to keep on praising the Lord. It means to rave, to celebrate, to give glory, to magnify. Therefore, hear me, when we praise God, we are literally showing God off. 
We are boasting about him. And the world around us can see him in us. You see, another reason why the world's able to see him in us, when we praise, it's found in Psalm 22 and 3. It says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Come on. I know people that the first time coming to the church, some of them never even been to church. They walk in. I've had people tell me after church. They said, Pastor, as soon as y'all started singing, I started crying. And I don't even know why. I've had people tell me they've walked in and they felt goosebumps all up and down their body. I'll tell you why. Because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Some of them are experiencing the power of God or feeling his spirit for the very first time. People often will come to church and say they felt it. Folks, there is something about our praise that brings God into our midst. Amen. That's why every worship service ought to be full of praise. Come on. That's why every praise team member, every member of the congregation, we ought to be giving God praise and feeling Him inhabit this place. Praise is powerful because it helps usher in the moving of the presence of God. Let me give you some examples from the Bible. Battle of Jericho, the Bible says they shouted and they praised until the walls came down. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord on numerous occasions. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat went out to battle against Moab and Ammon. I love this story. He appointed praisers and singers to go before the army into battle. Now check this out. He didn't send in the SWAT team. He didn't send in the SEAL team. He didn't send in the army rangers. He didn't send in the CIA. They were already there. They were already, they've been there for years. Amen. See, he didn't send in all the special forces. You know what he sent in? The praise team. <laughs> Woo! He said, this battle is going to require some different kinds of weapons. I need some tambourine players. I need some singers. I need some horn blowers. I need some worshipers. And you go read that story. The Bible says that the army never had to raise a sword. Because God came down in the middle of their praise and won the battle for them. Bartimaeus in the New Testament, the Bible says he was praising Jesus before he ever got near him. People around him were saying, Bartimaeus, be quiet. And the Bible says he just cried out even louder. And Jesus arrived and Bartimaeus was healed. Hear me, if you will praise God, whether you feel him or not, whether you realize the power of your praise, your praise. Come on, God will come down and move on your behalf. You will begin to see his presence work freely in your life. Come on, many times when you begin to praise God with all of your heart, issues around you begin to just diminish. Come on, you lose track of the people around you, and it just feels like you're basking in the presence of the king. See, the Bible encourages us, exhorts us, even commands us to praise the Lord. Let me say this about praise. Amen? Praise and worship, and I've lived long enough to, I, I, I remember this. I remember when it used to just be the crazy Pentecostals. They were praising the Lord. Can I just tell you, the devil has tried to use denominations and views on praise and worship to divide the body of Christ for a long time. Now, some of you are new Christians, you don't know, but I remember when before contemporary worship came on board, I remember when it used to just be the Charismatics and the Pentecostals 
the kooky charismatics is what they called them. The crazy Pentecostals, amen, that worshiped. And you know what? It divided the body for a long time. And then all of a sudden, contemporary worship came in. Now, here's what's so funny to me about contemporary worship. It ain't contemporary. Guess what? We stole it from the Israelites in the Old Testament. I just read a bunch of scriptures to you, amen. They clapped. They danced. They shouted. They waved their hands. They played musical instruments. They praised God out loud. Come on. We didn't start something new. We resurrected something old. Amen. We started waving those palms again. Amen. And you know what? I look around this room, and I thank God. We've got a lot of backgrounds in here. Some of you grew up Catholic. Some of you grew up Methodist. Some of you grew up Baptist. Some of you grew up Pentecostal. Some of you grew up all kinds, non-denominational. Doesn't matter. But you know what I love? When we come into the presence of God. Woo! When we start giving God praise. Hallelujah. Can I just tell you this? When you get to heaven, there's not going to be a Pentecostal section and a Baptist section. There's not going to be a Methodist section. Come on. There's not going to be a clapping section and a non-clapping section. Hallelujah. There's power in our palms. Hallelujah. Exuberant, external, demonstrative praise. Hear me. It's as old as the Bible, and it goes all the way back to the children of Israel. And listen, let me tell you something. We can never allow that distinctive to leave us. And I'm just going to I'm gonna say it loud, and I want to say it plain. Life Church, we had to make a decision a long time ago what kind of church we're going to be. We're going to be one of those kind of churches. Hallelujah. We're going to be one of those kind of churches. Amen? If the ancient Israelites could dance and blow trumpets, and clap their hands, and sing, and dance, and march around walls, and shout to God that they serve, and watch walls fall down, and watch enemies run in chaos, that I could come to church in the 21st century, and lift my hands, and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. See, a lot of times what we think is appropriate praise and worship, and it's just the way we are, is how we do it in America, in the 21st century, in our denomination or in our upbringing. But folks, I just came back from Ethiopia. Hallelujah. And I was in a church service. I'd been wanting to be here for a long time. 1.5 million people was the estimated crowd. Now, the people in the area that I was, it was about 850,000, 900,000, because that's all they could get in that area. I saw people as far as I could see, to the left of me, to the right of me, out in front of me. When I went out behind the walls of the compound, there was about another half million people out there, milling around. There was no room for them to get in. This was a three-day event. It started at 9 o'clock, and it ended around 5 or 6. And people would stand, many of them, all day long, and they would worship God. And we were, the day we were there, we saw 2,000 people water baptized that day. Now, can I just tell you, I'm not here to indict anybody, but we come to church for 75 minutes. One day a week. We sit in padded chairs. 
We got four big old air conditioners blowing right now to beat the band. It feels good in here, amen. We walked past coffee pots, Panera bread, and cinnamon rolls to come in here and enjoy the presence of the Lord. I love it. I'm thankful for it. But let me show you just a little bit of the taste of the worship that I just experienced. And I shot this with my iPhone. Let me set it up. It was about 9 o'clock in the morning. A lot of these people had walked miles to get there. They were sleeping outside because they, they couldn't afford a hotel room and they didn't have a tent. Some of these people were barefoot. Some of them were poor. Some of them were well off. But this is the worship service that I got to experience in my wife and I in Ethiopia. Put it on the screen and make sure we can hear it. church come on now what's your excuse come on you got shoes on your feet you got a nice comfortable chair come on there's power in your palms there's power in your worship there's power in your praise hallelujah hallelujah I got so excited they, they told me don't go down there I call it the mosh pit amen they said don't go down there they're gonna you're gonna get crushed and guess what I did? Woo! I had to run down in there. I got right up in the middle of it, and I will tell you, I only lasted about five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I was dancing. I was praising the Lord. There was dust being kicked up all in my face. Amen. All of a sudden, by the way, and I'm not, this isn't a racial statement, but I looked around. Out of a million people, I only saw like ten white guys. I'm, be, I'm for real. And so... I was down there worshiping about three or four minutes, and I guess they hadn't seen a whole lot of white guys either. Next thing you know, they started cramming in on me, and they had their iPhones. <laughs> and I thought, how ironic. I was just worshiping a video on all the Ethiopians, and now they're videoing the crazy white guy that got down in the mosh pit with everybody else. Can I just tell you something? If you don't like that, you ain't going to like heaven. Because there's going to be black people and white people and brown people and yellow people from every culture, from every language group, from every part of the world, from every generation. And they're going to be waving those palms. They're going to be waving those palms. Hallelujah. Every Sunday ought to be Palm Sunday. Praise team and musicians, come on up. I still got more, but I'm done. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. 
Pastor, I didn't grow up that way. That's all right. That's why God brought you here. That's why God is bringing you up to another level. That's why God is going to show you what the joy of praise and worship is like. Can I just tell you that in my life, there have been times when I felt so beat down. There have been times even as pastors sitting on the end of that pew, and I had so much going on, and they would start singing, and you know what I would do? It's all I could do right there. Put my phone down. Jesus, you already got this. Why am I why am I worried? Jesus, you already got this. Why, why am I afraid? Let me tell you something that happened while we were there in Ethiopia. One of the pastors was talking to one of the Ethiopian bishops there, one of the men in charge of that whole thing. And we and, and we had seen some amazing, unbelievable, unbelievably uh, sad poverty in that country. I've been to a lot of nations around the world. I've never seen poverty like I saw in parts of Ethiopia. Never. And I remember one of the uh, pastors said to one of the Ethiopian bishops, he said, we have been praying for your country and their battle with poverty. And you know what his response was? Thank you for your prayers. He said, but we have been praying for your country and your battle with prosperity. Come on, somebody. You see, what we consider blessings sometimes because our, become our burden. Because we got too much running through our minds to be able to lift our hands. Oh, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You can dance around all you want to. but you, No, no, no. You know what, folks? We are so blessed. I saw some of the happiest people I've ever seen in the world with no shoes on their feet. They, that, that area that you saw where everybody was dancing, they had to rope it off when there was preaching going on. They roped it off. They had, they had now we're not going to do this in America. Their guest services team had sticks. And them boys was ready. I saw them crack one guy that was trying to get across the line into the pit before it was time. They had it roped off. But when the preacher was finally done preaching and they began to open it up for worship and praise, when they opened up those ropes, those people came running. I'm telling you, from as far back as I could see, they were running down the aisles. They were running from the sides. They were, I should have shown you a clip of that. They were running into this altar. And now, can I just be honest with you and tell you what I did? I leaned over to Robin and said, and I have to beg people to come to the altar. And Life Church. You know, we're running out the back door. We want to beat the Baptist to lunch. Amen. And these people were running to the altar. They couldn't wait, wait to get. Robin can tell, tell you if I'm telling. There were people, I saw them slide in the gravel to get down and fall on their face. I saw one lady laying in mud, worshiping the Lord. And I just thought, here I am. I went down there for five minutes and almost had a heart attack. And 
just thought, Lord, I'm so blessed. How can I do less? If you don't feel that way, that's okay. This isn't Bible. I'm just saying, how can I do less? How can I be less passionate than some of these folks who have so little, yet they have so much in you? And folks, I want us to never lose the privilege that we have to worship and praise God for you. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's other, other people in other parts of the world, they don't get to do what they do in Ethiopia. Go to Iran. Go to Libya. Go to some of these countries in the Middle East where they will put you to death if you speak the name of Jesus. So here's all I want to ask. I want you to stand with me all over this house. Today you can use a palm leaf, but every Sunday you can use these palms. But I just want to ask you, has God been good enough? I heard Kevin say it earlier. Hold, somebody hold my mule so I can shout right now. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to go listen to that Shirley Caesar song if you don't know what I'm talking about. Has God been good and so good to you that you can just take a moment and say, God, I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to raise my hands. You've been so good to me, God. I'm going to bless you. And I'm just going to ask you right now, we don't have anybody with sticks that's going to stop you from coming down to the altar. We don't have anybody that's going to keep you from raising your hands. As they begin to sing, would you come on down and use the power of your palms to bless the Lord right now in this house. Amen. That's it. Come on. He's running up for you. God, I'm going to give you praise.
tell you what I want us to do. I want us to do it for 30 seconds, and my wife is going to come up. We're going to close this service. No music, just the sound of our voices and our hands. Giving God praise. Can you do that right now? I want you to clap, and I want you to yell out. I want you to give a shout of praise. Let's let our praise fill this house right now. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, God. We worship you. We praise you. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. It's my joy to give you praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 I will bless you at all times. Your praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will boast in the Lord. Come on, yes. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We got one who was being baptized while we were worshiping God. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Don't forget when you go home, there's power in your palms. Amen. Come on up, Robin. Oh, he's already been baptized. Are you already baptized? No, not yet. Okay, great. Let me bring your attention to the screen. Amen. Upon the confession, Ross White, upon the confession of your faith to be identified in the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection, we now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! Yes! That's right! Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hey, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.